My name is Rick Renner, and today I'm on the eastern shore of the Sea of Galilee at a monastery that was built in the fifth century to commemorate an event that happened right here. What event? This is where Jesus cast the demons out of the demoniac of Gadara. At least that's what early Christian tradition says. We read about this event in Mark chapter 5. And in Mark chapter 5, Jesus got out of his boat, and immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. And Jesus began to tell those demons to come out of that man. And the Bible tells us exactly that Jesus said unto the man. The Greek says Jesus kept on saying, come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. But the demons didn't come out. This was very unusual because usually Jesus cast demons out just with a word. But Jesus kept on saying, that's what the Greek says, come out of the man. I said, come out of the man. Did you hear me? I'm not leaving till you come out of the man. But it seemed these demon spirits were not budging. So finally, Jesus said, who are you? What is your name? And the demon answered saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. Well, a legion was 6,826. It was the equivalent of saying, hey, I'm just the demon you're talking to at the moment, but inside this man, there's a whole host of demons, 6,826 of us. That explains why they were not easily coming out and why Jesus had to be persistent. But Jesus did not give up. He was committed to see this man set free. And finally, the Bible tells us in verse 11, now there was nigh into the mountains a great herd of swine feeding, and all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine that we may enter into them. Verse 13, and forthwith Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. And there were about 2,000 of them that choked in the sea. That happened right here. This is a steep place that goes right into the sea. So the pigs were destroyed when the demons entered into them. But what happened to the man when he was set free? The Bible tells us in verse 15. And they come to Jesus and saw him that had been possessed with the devils and had had the legion. Now he was sitting, he was clothed, and he was in his right mind. Wow, that is amazing. Before he had been naked, he had been confused, in turmoil, tormented. Now he's sitting, he's clothed, he's in his right mind. And in fact, if you keep reading in the text, he wanted to start traveling with Jesus in the ministry. This was a life totally transformed by the power of Jesus Christ. And Jesus is still transforming lives today. And demon powers were no problem for Jesus then, and they are no problem for Jesus today. And that's what I'm going to talk to you about. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. My name is Rick Renner. I want to welcome you to the program today. Today, we're going to see that Jesus has power over the demonic realm. We're going to see what happened when Jesus' boat finally reached the other side of the Sea of Galilee when he came into the country of the Gadarenes. It is amazing. Don't miss one word 
of this program today. But I want to tell you that if you need prayer, we're here for you and we want to pray for you. We're waiting to hear from you. We believe in the power of prayer. We believe in the miraculous power of God and that when we put our faith together with yours, miracles happen. And we're waiting to hear from you. Call us, write us, send us an email. Let us know how to pray with you. That would be our privilege to put our faith together with your faith. And I want to remind you that we're offering you my series, which is called The Miracles of Jesus Christ. This series is just tremendous. It literally walks us into the miracles of Jesus that we find in the four Gospels. Those stories are not just fairy tales. They are real events that took place. And when we understand what Jesus did, it helps us know what Jesus still wants to do. Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So I want you to walk into the Gospels with me to experience what Jesus did when he worked miracles so you'll have an expectation for what he wants to do in your life right now. All of that is in this series, and that's why I taught it. It's 15 parts. It comes in multiple formats with an amazing study guide. You will love the study guide. Order this today. I'm also offering you my book, which is called Why We Need the Gifts of the Holy Spirit. The gifts of the Holy Spirit actually bring us the miraculous presence of Jesus. Where there are no manifestation of spiritual gifts, we're really missing something important. But when the gifts of the Spirit are in operation, they release the miraculous presence of Jesus, and that's why we need the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's a very logical book to help you look at spiritual manifestations. Order your copy today. But let's jump right into our text. We today are in Mark chapter 5 and verse 1, one of the greatest miracles that Jesus worked. And when we come to Mark chapter 5 and verse 1, the Bible says, And they came over under the other side into the country of the Gadarenes. If you would remember, the night before, Jesus got in a ship with his disciples, and they began to sail over to the other side. And on the way to the other side, they encountered a storm. It was a demonic attack designed to stop them from reaching the other side. But Jesus took authority over the storm, and then they reached the other side. And now that's what we find in chapter 5 and verse 1. And they came over unto the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadarenes. Well, we know from reading Mark chapter 5, Matthew chapter 8, and Luke chapter 8, there were two demon-possessed men in the country of the Gadarenes. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 28, the Bible says these two men were exceedingly fierce. They were so demonized. They had so much evil power that people were even afraid to pass by the territory where they lived. The whole region was captivated in fear because of these demonic men. But in Mark and Luke, Mark and Luke only describe one of the two. It's not a discrepancy in Scripture. Mark and Luke deal with the one who was the most severely possessed of the two. So now we come to Mark chapter 5 and verse 1 again, and it says, and they came over into the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gadarenes. Verse 2. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no not with chains, because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. And always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying and cutting himself with stones. In these verses, Mark describes this man's condition, and I want us to look at these one step at a time. Let's begin in verse 2. It says, And when Jesus was come out of the ship, 
The word when is a Greek word, iethus. It means immediately, without delay, this demoniac met Jesus. Listen again to what it says in verse 2. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately, without delay, immediately, there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. Three times in this text, the Bible's going to tell us this man was living among the tombs. And that's important. It tells us this man had death on his mind. He was death dominated. He was living near death. In fact, you're going to see he was crying and cutting himself with stones. This was an attempt of suicide. This man was trying to kill himself and three times the scripture tell us he was living among the tombs or he was living in the dominion of death. And look again at verse 2. And when he was come out of the ship immediately, Iethus, without delay, there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. But when you read this in Greek, it reads differently. The Greek says, in pneumati akatharto. It's very important. The Greek actually means a man who was in the grip of an unclean spirit or a man who was in the control of an unclean spirit. In other words, this man didn't have an unclean spirit. An unclean spirit had this man. It was in total control of this man. And the word unclean describes something that is foul, something that's lewd, something that is sexually vulgar. This was really a lewd, foul, vulgar spirit that was controlling this man. And this man was completely in the grip or he was completely in the control of this unclean spirit. That's what the Bible now tells us in verse 2. Then in verse 3, who had his dwelling among the tombs. Now twice we're told this man was living among the tombs. And when the Bible says he had his dwelling, the Greek word means to settle down and make yourself at home, to become a resident, to become an inhabitant. This is where this man lived. His entire life was in the tombs. These demon spirits had driven him to the brink of death. Now he's living among the tombs. And the Bible says no man could bind him. No, not with chains. The word bind is the Greek word deo. The word deo means to imprison. It means to bind to completely bind with chains. It describes a completed state, which means they had tried to do it on previous occasions, but they couldn't keep him bound. The word chains is a Greek word halusis, which is the same Greek word for a handcuff or chains about the hands. Now that's important because in a moment it's going to describe fetters. Fetters are different than chains. But according to this verse, Regularly, they had bound this man with chains, but they couldn't keep the man bound. That is how demonically energized this man was. Then the Bible tells us in verse 4, because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains. Now it uses the word fetters. The word fetters is the Greek word pege, which is from the word podas. This word podas, pede, really describes chains on the feet. So this man was bound with chains around his hand. He was bound with chains around his feet. This man frequently had completely been bound with fetters and chains, his hands bound, his feet bound. And the Bible says, because he had been often bound with fetters and chains and the chains, that is the handcuffs, had been plucked asunder by him and the fetters broken in pieces. When the Bible says plucked asunder, it literally means to tear in half. That's how energized this man was by demonic spirits. He could pull them asunder. He could sever them in half. That's how strong he was. 
And when the Bible says the fetters have been broken in pieces, broken in pieces is the Greek word suntribo, which is the same Greek word to describe the smashing of grapes or the smashing of bones. It tells us this man was able to bang his legs against each other so hard and grind those chains so hard that he could crush them like crushing grapes or crush them like crushing bones. This man, though he had been often bound, they could not keep him bound because he had so much demonic power, he could pull the chains apart from his wrists and he could crush the chains that were on his ankles. That's exactly what the Bible now means in verse 4. In fact, then it goes on to say, neither could any man tame him. Wow, the word tame is the Greek word damazo. And I brought my notes. I want to read you what the word damazo means. This word tame means to domesticate, to subdue, or to bring under control. It was used to describe animal trainers who were experts at capturing and domesticating the wildest and most ferocious of beasts, such as lions, tigers, and bears. Normally, these animals would maul or kill a person, but these trainers were able to take the wildest animals and domesticate them. That is the word tame that is now used in verse 4. And the Bible says, neither could any man tame him. The Greek says, demazo, which emphatically means. They had tried everything to bring this man under control, including wild animal tamers. Men who could tame the wildest of beasts had been brought in to tame to domesticate, to subdue this man, and even those who were able to subdue and domesticate the wildest of animals had no success in trying to subdue and domesticate this man. This is how demonically energized this man was. So what do we find so far? Number one, he's in the grip of an unclean spirit. That word unclean, foul, lewd, sexually profane, really foul, foul spirit, and he's totally in the grip or in the control of it. He's living among the tombs. In fact, the Greek says he has his habitation or his residence among the graves. Death is on this man's mind. They've tried to repeatedly bind him with handcuffs. He tears them apart. They put fetters on his feet. He bangs them until he shreds them to pieces or crushes them like grapes or like bones. And they've brought in wild animal tainers to domesticate this man. No one can subdue this man. This man is truly in a terrible situation. That's what we find when we come to Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 4. And then in verse 5, we read next. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains. And where? In the tombs. Now, three times, the Bible tells us this man was in the tombs. He had death on his mind. In fact, he was living closer to death than he was to life. And what was he doing in the tombs? The Bible tells us he was crying and cutting himself with stones. That word crying, the Greek word kradzo, which describes an unending shriek, a painful cry. This was pure agony as this man was shrieking. He was crying loudly and he wasn't just crying loudly, but the Bible says he was cutting himself with stones. Cutting is a Greek word katakopto. It describes a downward gash this man was trying to commit suicide. Now, this man truly was in a pitiful situation. Obvious, religious people had tried to help him. They could not help him. Those who were in charge of prisons and prisoners tried to imprison him. They could not keep him bound. Wild animal tamers came. They tried to domesticate him. They had no success. Now this man, by himself, is trying to deliver himself by committing 
suicide. He probably sees this as his only possible hope to be set free. So he's crying, agony, and catacopto, he's gashing himself with stones. This is the devil trying to mutilate him and him trying to set himself free from this situation. Do you see how desperate was this man's ordeal? And suddenly Jesus showed up. Jesus finally reached the other side. And now Jesus and this man meet one another. And notice what happens in verse 6. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him and cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. Now this for me is really a strange verse. Because in verse 6 it says, When he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him. Now wait, 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 wait. This man is demon-possessed. Demons don't normally run toward Jesus. They run away from Jesus. But when this man sees Jesus, he runs toward Jesus. Why? Well, the word run, the Greek word treko, means to run swiftly, to move your feet as fast as you can. So this man is making a dash. He's moving as fast as he can. And the Bible says he worshiped Jesus from the Greek word proskuneo, which means to fall at the feet, to kiss. He is diving toward Jesus' feet in humble adoration. He is going to lift his voice and ask for help. But when he lifts his voice and asks for help, rather than him speak, the demon sees him, and the demons in that moment begin speaking through him, robbing him of the opportunity to ask Jesus for help. We know this is what happened because in Luke chapter 8, Luke the doctor tells us from time to time the demon would seize him. It describes a seizure. The man was in charge of himself, his own mind, his own emotions from time to time, and then the demons would seize him at opportune moments and they would speak through him and work through him and now that's what you find. This man is running to Jesus he wants to call out to Jesus before the demons have an opportunity to seize him. But when he lifts his voice to ask for help, it's in that moment the demons seize him, throw him into a seizure, and the demons begin speaking through his voice. And listen to what the demons say in verse 7. And cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. Adjure thee is a Greek word which really refers to a religious petition. So now we find these demons are getting religious. These demons are praying. They're adjuring Jesus by God. I call this the day the devil prayed. Wow, Jesus was doing something so intense to these demons that the demons actually said, I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. The word torment is a Greek word which describes torture. Jesus in this moment was doing something that caused these demons to cry out, caused these demons to pray. Jesus was tormenting these demons. What was Jesus doing? The following verse tells us. Verse 8, For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. Now here we have something totally amazing. In the Gospels, when Jesus deals with demons, he usually casts them out with a single word, a single word. But when we come to this text, we find these demons didn't budge. So when you come to chapter 5 and verse 8, and it says, For Jesus said unto him, the Greek tense literally means Jesus said unto him and kept saying and kept saying and kept saying, which means the demons didn't budge. They did not come out the first time Jesus spoke to them. So Jesus kept on saying, 
is really how the Greek would be better translated. Jesus kept on saying, and kept on saying, and kept on saying, come out of the man. I said, come out of the man. I'm not leaving till you come out of the man. I'm not leaving till you come out of the man. And that's when the demons begin to shriek, I adjure thee by God, that thou torment me not. No one had ever stayed with them and put this kind of pressure on them before. Everyone else had given up and walked away, but not Jesus. Jesus is not leaving till this man is set free. And Jesus says, I don't care how long it's going to take. I'm not leaving till you come out. I said, come out. I said, come out. I said, come out. I said, come out. Wow, that is amazing. And in fact, in verse 9, Jesus asked him, what is your name? Now, Jesus didn't normally have conversations with demons. But these demons were not budging. So Jesus basically said, who are you anyway? Jesus himself was amazed that these demons were not coming out. And he answered saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. Legion is a Roman term for about 6,000 Roman soldiers. This was the equivalent of saying, there are 6,000 of us in here. That's why it says, for we are many, the word poloi, a vast multitude. There's a vast multitude of us demons inside here. In fact, inside us, there's an infestation of about 6,000 demons inside one man. Verse 2. And he, the word he, in verse 10, refers to the demon that is speaking at that moment. And he besought him much that he would not send them you see he's speaking on behalf of all the demons on the inside. So there's one spokesman who's speaking on behalf of them that are in the man, not send them out of the country. Now there was nine to the mountains, a great herd of swine feeding. And all the devils besought him saying, send us into the swine that we may enter into them. Now suddenly all the devils simultaneously began speaking, which means if you'd been there that day, you would have heard 6,000 voices simultaneously speaking through the mouth of this man. It was quite a sight to see, and that explains by why those who fed the swine were terrified at what they experienced that day. All the demons now begin saying, Send us into the swine that we may enter into them. And forthwith, Jesus gave them leave. And the unclean spirits, the Greek word unclean, again describes foul, lewd, profane spirits. That's what they are. Went out and entered into the swine. And the swine ran violently down a steep place into the sea. That's the country of the Gadarenes where I was speaking at the beginning of the program. And they were choked in the sea. The word choked means to be strangled to be strangled, to take by the throat, to choke to death. And here we find what the devil wanted to do all along. He comes to kill, to steal, and destroy. This man was living among the tombs. He was living close to death, but he was able to resist it to a certain degree. But swine, pigs, they have no mind to resist. So when the demons entered into them, immediately they self-destructed. That's what demons do when they have their way. And the Bible says, they that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and the country, and they went out to see what it was that was done. Listen to verse 15, the result. And they came to Jesus and saw him that had been possessed with the devil and had had the legion. Now he is sitting and clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Right mind is a Greek word which means to have a brain that has been delivered, an intelligence that has been saved, it is the picture of total salvation. This man was totally set free by the power of Jesus Christ. And when you continue to read the story, he wanted to travel with Jesus. He was converted. He loved Jesus because Jesus changed his life. But what I want you to see is the amazing power that Jesus Christ had over demons then. And Jesus still has power over demons today. 
We're out of time, but I'll be back in just a moment, and I'm going to pray for you. How do you read the Gospels? Does Jesus come alive? Do His words and miracles have meaning in your daily life? In the Miracles of Jesus Christ teaching series, Rick Renner transports you to first century Israel so you can see, hear, and experience the miracles and healings of Jesus as you've never known them before. You'll dive deep into the New Testament and see Christ's present-day miraculous power with a fresh and new perspective. In this 15-part teaching series, starting at just $24, you'll learn and know the miraculous power of Christ that will forever change your perspective on our wonderful healing Savior. In addition to the teaching series, you can also receive the book, Why We Need the Gifts of the Holy Spirit, available for just $10. When you get this book today, you'll discover how the Holy Spirit can work powerfully in your life and the lives of those around you. Don't miss this special offer, The Miracles of Jesus, and or the book, Why We Need the Gifts of the Holy Spirit. Call now or go to renner.org to order. Get these two powerful resources today. My friend, we need your help because our ministry is really growing. God has graciously entrusted to us the responsibility to bring teaching of the Bible to people all over the world. And people are tuning in because they feel they have found teaching they can trust. People reaching out to us for spiritual support and requesting our resources, many of which we send for free. We're doing everything we can to really reach out and strengthen people's lives. But the ministry is growing. Our Tulsa office has become insufficient. We've outgrown it. We have no room for storage. People are literally sitting all over the building. And our Moscow studio is so small for what we need because now we are doing five to seven live programs a day in multiple languages. And right now we're already in the process of building a new studio in Moscow. If you would go online, they're on our homepage, you'll see a link where you can read about all that we're doing in our ministry in this expansion project and how you can participate. And my friend, you really will be making a difference in somebody else's life. Today, we're looking at the story when Jesus delivered the demoniac of Gadara of 6,000 demons. And when Jesus was finished, this man's life was totally changed. We find this in Mark chapter 5 and verse 15, where the Bible says, And they came to him that was possessed with the devil. The Greek says the one that had been possessed with the devil and had had the legion of 6,000 demons. Now he's sitting. He's no longer tormented. He's sitting like a normal person. He's clothed. We know from Luke's account in Luke chapter 8, this man previously had been naked, a naked man, a crazy man living among the tombs, but now he's sitting, he's in peace. He's completely clothed like a normal man. And the Bible says he was in his right mind. He was in his right mind. He had totally been restored by the power of God. And when you read verse 20, it says, all men did marvel. That word marvel is the Greek word thaumadzo. The word thaumadzo means they were speechless. They were at a loss of words. They remembered this man and his accomplice who lived with him. Both of them together were demon possessed. How they had terrorized the entire region. But Jesus just stuck with it. 
until these demons left and the man's life was changed. And not only was his life changed, the whole region was set free from a spirit of fear. And that's why all men did marvel. They were so glad Jesus made it to the other side. Wow. I love this. Well, I'm speaking to you from my series called The Miracles of Jesus Christ. It's 15 parts, comes in multiple formats, and we're offering you my book called Why We Need the Gifts of the Holy Spirit. But I want to pray for you. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus that Jesus still has authority over the demonic realm. And I take authority over every sinister force in your house and in your life. I command it to release you and to let you go and for the peace of God to flood my friend's life. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you for being with me. Remember Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there's power. Let God's word release its power in your life today. And I'll see you in the next program.